East Tennessee's premier sports radio call-in show. This is The Drive. And hello, good afternoon, and welcome to another stellar edition of The Drive here on Fan Run Radio. Russell Smith punching the time clock at 3.01 on a beautiful Monday here in East Tennessee, a day where the basketball balls are as ranked as high as they've been all season with a huge weekend ahead. Baseball team rolling through this past weekend. Tony Vitello will join us in hour number three this afternoon to talk about it. And we are three weeks away. Three weeks from today, Nico and the boys will be back out on the grass, as Josh Heupel says. Touching grass. Hmm. Getting ready for spring practice. I'm not a grass expert. Alongside Bear, Houston Crest, Tucker Harlan has the day off. Hope he's well. Gentlemen, what a weekend. I mean, we were we, we wanted everything, including the non-revenues. The only team that lost this weekend... Lady Vols. Yep. Yeah. Other than that, like we set <laughs> records in non-revenue yeah. sport. school yeah. records, SEC records, gold medals, silver medals, bronze medals, basketball wins, baseball wins. Well, we kicked things off with the win over the NCAA on Friday, and let's be honest, it was all gravy after that point. Most folks who followed closely would have traded a loss to – Texas A&M. Hell, we would have traded a season sweep to Albany, sorry Tony, for that preliminary injunction because that's the deal. That's the whole kit and caboodle. That's the big shebang. So after we had ball that, game. I mean, we walked out of Parkside Kia Friday Crest just on cloud nine. You walked. I floated to the car. That was a great day. Capped off by a great weekend. Just kegs of glory. They were tapped. Yeah. Top to bottom, left oh. to right. A lot of celebration this weekend around my house. It was a celebratory mood on Voluntary Reaction Saturday night. Um, it's a long one. Just ground up Albany for a third time out there yesterday at the newly refurbished Lindsey Nelson Stadium. And now we kind of – now we, we put the war paint on this week because now it gets real. Yeah. Now it gets real. We could put this NCAA silliness, will they or won't they? And like we're going to talk about that. Adam Sparks is going to be on the show here in just a few minutes from the Knoxville News Sentinel. We'll talk about that with him. But we really – I don't think anybody's worried about that anymore. We're just sort of unpacking it. What does it mean? That kind of thing. Really, what we're getting into now is the tournament. This is the last week of February. We got the hump day coming up at the end of the week. And Friday will be March 1st. And the madness will be here. We got Brucifer coming in Wednesday night. We are top of the league. We are the number one team in the Southeastern Conference via the tiebreaker over Alabama, who we will see Saturday down in their place, Tuscaloosa. Crest, not overstating it, this is a huge week. Uh, about as big as they come, 
Alabama, I, I really can't figure them out. They uh, much like Kentucky Bear. We talked about this. They don't play a lot of defense. They are. Are they ninetieth? I thought it was like ninety eighth. It's bad. It's either seventy eighth or ninetieth or ninety. I, I can't. I heard the number earlier it's, in the morning. It's show. not good. Um, and if they're not hitting shots, and I say that, I mean they. Hell, they, they hit shots. I was gonna say they kind of did. They scored what ninety five against Kentucky, but still got blown out. Lost by twenty two. Gave up one hundred and seventeen. To the Cats, Kentucky hit a hundred with eight minutes left. Yeah, but they shot um, what sixty nine percent from three in the second half. It's kind yeah, I think Alabama shot fifty six or fifty seven percent for the game, which is really really good. But Kentucky had a guy go ten for ten, and well, that's a, actually a pretty good game for who went ten for ten. Oh, is it Edwards? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. It's like the second most makes without a miss in Kentucky basketball history. Who's number one? Is it Tony Delk? I didn't see that part of the stat. Because I watched Tony Delk in person drop ten threes. I just look at Auburn and Alabama, our two opponents this week, and I, I'm just not overly impressed. I, I don't get it, but their records are similar to us. Their metrics are similar to us. And then I think about us when I watch us sometimes. I think, eh, we're not – we're not that great. I guess just everybody's flawed, and that is an indication of how spoiled we have become under Rick Barnes. I watch these games, and you know we always struggle. Like nobody just blows anybody out start to finish. Even our big wins, like Texas A&M, it was a four-point game with about two minutes to play in the first half. We extend it to ten, and then blow them out in the second half. I watch these games, and I get texts and tweets from everybody going. Oh, Rick Barnes. Same old, same old. Here we go again. Oh, my God. These guys suck. You got that Saturday? Yes. You get it every – I can name it every. I get it every game. We're done. We're done until next year. Might as well wrap it up. And I I just – like, most of the time I don't respond, but I think to myself, I'm like, guys, we're ranked number five. We're number four now. We're the fifth best team in college basketball. We're fighting for a one seed here. We are just – you know, we're, we're great in every conceivable way you measure a basketball program, but you guys are just spoiled. I mean, we're at, You're what? spoiled, and you are waiting for something that you feel is inevitable that's going to happen next month, and it has completely ruined your ability to, what is, to enjoy what is happening now. Yeah, it's a good point. In, in the moment, uh, we are fourth in the AP poll, and currently – have the second best odds at plus one seventy five to garner a number one seed in the tournament, which I don't I don't see how that could be given our schedule. I saw a poll at Fox Sports Knox. I'm not sure who put this up, but I think if, John did this morning. What's your record prediction for the last four games? Four and zero, oh, three and one, two and two, or one and three? Surely nobody thinks we go over. But it's you know twelve hundred votes cast and. By far, the runaway winner here is three and one, which is what I voted. I think I, that's what I voted. I voted four and zero. Yeah, you voted with you your did. heart. I just, I couldn't help it. I couldn't stand the loss to South Carolina, Auburn, Bama, I or think Kentucky. The loss is is probably going to be at Bama. It feels like that's probably. I don't know. Look, Kentucky's playing a lot better too now. You do get them at home. At South Carolina is going to be weird, but they've kind of settled back to a little closer to what we thought they'd be to start the season. If we beat Brucifer and Auburn on Wednesday, do we storm the court? No. I'm just kidding. 
I think, figured it out. I, I know what they got to do to stop the, the court being stormed. What's, What's that? that? Moats. You surround the courts with alligator-infested moats. Or you just do what they do down in South America at the soccer games. You have a big cage, cage. <laughs> and it's curved inward so you can't climb over uh, it. After I posted that video, someone asked me, like, what's the answer here? And I'm like, Cops I really don't want to see these games be played in cages. <laughs> so we got to do we got to do something because, of course, it happened to Duke. And well, they're going to throw their little hissy fit about how dangerous it is. But Davey was all up here. He was – he had his fainting couch out, his pearls. He was, uh, does he want to press charges? I'm sure he does. He was, Attempted murder on Filipowski. He was uh, quite worked up Saturday he, night. He told us that there's eventually going to be a scenario where a player is ganged up on by six or seven students. And, they, they and were beaten just, into a coma. <laughs> he was serious. Yeah, he was. Did he have that same energy for uh, Caitlin Clark last month? It didn't come up. Oh, okay. Fascinating. But I, I mean, just think it's ridiculous. Yeah, the, I mean, it's, the it, it, it is, and Davey's theory is ridiculous, and I think that was proven out with uh, you see what happens. It was on social media yesterday when somebody decides they want to fight a former, either former professional athlete, potential professional athlete. Uh, Which Filipowski definitely is. Yeah. I think he would have uh, held those, his own against that little guy are, that ran into him. Uh, those guys are – Physically, quite a bit different than normal people. I think if it had happened to a Tennessee player, it would have been funny to see. And everybody's different. There would be some people say you got to stop it, but there would be some people, not naming names, but I have my ideas, who would you know? It would the the blame. It wouldn't be this. We've got to have a national conversation thing that's going on. It would be like just another blunder. By the administrators yep, yeah, at Tennessee exactly. weren't prepared for this, blah, blah, blah. No, you're exactly right. Oh, I know who you're talking about now. There, there's a list. Yeah. Now, I think there's a good segment of our fan base that we're kind of making fun of, uh, Filipowski, uh, that if it happened to a Tennessee player would be outraged. For sure. <laughs> did, did, In, including – I kind of feel like you'd be really upset, Houston, if that had been Sakai. Yeah, I mean, I'd be up. Yeah, I'd be upset. But in this scenario, like, do we not all agree that Filipowski? Yeah, he was walking, but he was also going to try to, you know, shoulder check that guy. He was not in a hurry to get off the court. No, he was not. And I don't know that that's his responsibility necessarily. No, it, it probably isn't. Well, I think there's a level of responsibility when you're a blue blood program and this is sad that it's like this but it's like this and so you have to swim in the waters which you find yourselves and I think if you're Kentucky or Duke or Alabama football whoever I, mm. I think you have to have conversations that you might not have to have at Kentucky football or Vanderbilt or Tennessee basketball sure. where as a coach of that program you probably need to say hey look Nobody goes undefeated in college basketball anymore. At some point, we're probably going to lose. And, you know, this is something that we're not going to practice necessarily. I don't know. Maybe some super anal coach would, I, would actually have the practice. I, I think it, a preseason hour session or 30 minute session yeah, well, of, hey, let's. I, I just think, you know, the, the periodic reminder mm. if we ever find ourselves in this situation, we're playing on the road, we're losing, 
sprint off the court as quickly as you can. There are no post-game high fives. Just get to the locker room right. ASAP. Yeah. Don't worry about the handshake. Don't worry about any of that. Just get to the get to the sideline, and we'll get to the locker room. And and yes, it is on the schools as well. They have got to have a better plan. By the way, it's not like John Curry to be caught unawares to allow a potentially volatile situation to erupt. That's that's not the John Curry we know. No. I also feel kind of bad for Forbesy, man, because it kind of it did kind of overshadow, yeah. which was uh, you know a pretty big career moment for him beating Duke. Think you got to have enough people over there to at least. I mean, it was just so sudden. I mean, there are going to be times when when you can't hold back the waves, but you can at least put up a little bit of a fight and buy precious seconds. You know, five seconds might have been all Filipowski needed to get uh, to the sideline to where at least he's up against a table or something, and then he can kind of wade his way through the crowd to the locker room. I mean, until Alabama last year, I mean, nobody had stormed the field at Neyland since, what, 98? Yeah. And, I mean, they're outnumbered probably, you know, several thousand to one. But they used to ring Neyland with uh, uh, all the state, state troopers and their Smokey the Bear. Mm-hmm, These mm-hmm. guys are very, very intimidating. Very intimidating. Yeah, but depending- Yeah, that's the one, like, yeah, I realize we can all probably overwhelm them. But somebody's getting hit. Yeah, and I feel like for a lot of those games, the the Smoky Bears and the staff shirts, they're just kind of like, yeah, okay, this is Alabama. Go on ahead, please. Kind of like those, the Civil War where they would just like line up and shoot at each <laughs> like other in lines. You guys. And, you, and you just got you're the what are the guys in the front line? You just know your dad. But be to the I, I'll be back here. I, I feel like I do my best work. Russell, when, you're uh, going to go first. You're going to get arrested and tackled to the ground, but we are then going to storm the, the field, and we're going to have a great I don't know. time. This doesn't sound Captain, good. No, 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 no. I, can, I can see better than everybody, so it'd only be fair if I'm back here in the back <laughs> and let the guys who can't see as well up front. We so can't can all the- be running backs. We need some offensive linemen to pave the way. That's right. Not everybody gets to carry the ball. Yeah. You want to get out there, you get free of the man. Let somebody else take the fall. I don't know. That's where I was always with when I was in the sales. Look at those state troopers. I was like, It'd be pretty cool to rush the field, but he's going to hit the first. They're going to hit the first few people. I was wondering what it would be like to be the drummer in the Civil War. You get that thing around your hip. You're playing like backwards. Yeah, you're people are just like getting shot around you. I mean, who shoots the drummer? Hell, usually it was like a kid, like a 12, 13 year old boy. The drummers were off limits. They're just timekeepers for the march. I don't think that they really a whole. I don't know if you're aware of this, but in in war, usually uh, uh, rules kind of go out the window once the shooting starts. But he's got to play until they get hit in the face. I mean, if you're playing the musket. drums and the and all the guys around you drop, do you like start marching backwards until <laughs> you find the next line of guys? And like, all right, guys, here we go. Well, no, you got to stand your po. You got to drum out. Uh, until they catch up with you. Well, no, you've got to drum out the commands. That's how they would communicate. Via drum? You not aware of that? No, I thought you had, had a bugle. That's had a bugle, but they also had like a drummer. They had drum patterns, I guess. Yeah, different patterns would signal the call for the uh, retreat, advance, mm-hmm. dig in. How did the drummer get the signals? He was always standing next to the general. No, whoever was uh, leading the 
leaving the whatever it was. Just make it so much easier if the drummers were able to have headsets in the helmets. Stay with us. The drive continues. It's Fan Run Radio, 865-546-8200. Tony Vitello is on the show in hour number three this afternoon. And we have a pair of tickets to the game tomorrow against High Point. (laughs) Going to be the low point of their season. (laughs) To give away... Courtesy of our friends at Crown Cleaners, providing imperial dry cleaning service to all of East Tennessee since the 1960s. Stay tuned for your chance to win Tennessee baseball tickets. Adam Sparks of KnoxNews.com joins the festivities when we continue next here on Fan Run Radio. The Drive. Fan Run Radio, the drive continues. 105.7 FM, 1340 AM, streaming online, fanrunradio.com, your free Fan Run app, a variety of ways for you to experience the show. Pleased to be joined now by our pal Adam Sparks of knoxnews.com. Good afternoon, Adam. How are you, sir? Uh, Busier than I wanted to be this time of year, but (laughs) we're pretty good nonetheless. No offseason anymore in college football, Adam. It is a year-round deal. Yeah, I was looking through my, uh, like, one year ago what I was working on because uh, all season you usually follow sort of the same calendar. And uh, a year ago I was uh, I was looking into NCAA investigation <laughs> and call, calling attorneys and looking at legal fees. And <laughs> Time is a flat circle, they say. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Let's hope this is not a year from now this is not the case. But uh, – this one is at least had the you know the extra wrinkle of the federal court case, which is a which is a, a fun addition. Well, what do you think? Where where do you think we are now with the news that Tennessee, the state, has been granted its preliminary injunction against the NCAA? What does it mean? There's some people saying, well, maybe the NCAA just just drops the matter. Uh, do they pursue an appeal? Does this end up in a courtroom again? Uh, sometime several months down the road. What are you? learning about it well i mean there's sort of two different cases so the federal court case uh they could try to appeal uh it's pretty difficult to do that if you read the decision but they could try to appeal this could be go months down the road to a trial um they could just settle and send out uh new guidelines in nil which essentially would be that there are no guidelines like if you saw in the transfer in the federal case over transfers multiple time transfers Back in December, the NCAA just relented, dropped the case, and said, okay, fine, you guys win, we'll change your rules. They could do any of those. Um, as far as the UT investigation, um, again, that could go in a few different ways. I mean, I, I still expect a notice of allegations. I, I still think there's going to be one. Now, I don't think they're, they're not going to have NIL charges. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you this, before Friday afternoon and that decision came out, there was a pretty real concern that the NCAA would try to uh, reinterpret uh, allegations into something other than NIL. So, for example, they would take, let's say, the reported allegation about Nico and a private plane, that the NCAA would maybe look at that and say, well, that's, that's not an NIL violation because those are now unlawful. That's actually a booster violation and try to reinterpret it that way to hit Tennessee with a different charge but over the same action. That that power, it looks like, was, was taken away in that decision because if you look in the last couple sentences of that uh, preliminary injunction order, the judge defined 
collectives and the boosters within co- within collectives as the same thing. They're both just they're both just third party entities. So there's no distinction between them. So that that took. So it's it's like the NCAA lost and then they lost again in the language of the order, which this is starting to become uh, become common now. So what do they do now? Uh, my understanding is there are other charges. There there may be minor. Uh, I don't know, maybe level twos instead of level ones. There's some other related charges uh, that they could hit Tennessee with, but it's it it's probably going to be the kind of stuff that you just see in the regular course of affairs for any college program. I just I, maybe there'll be some level ones in there, but it's it can't be NIL. It can't really be booster related to NIL. So there's sort of running out of bullets. But I, I still expect a notice of allegations to come. And that's simply because they've been at this for, I don't know, like eight months. It's hard to believe they're going to put all that, that time into enforcement and just go back to Indianapolis without, you know, charging Tennessee with something. Well, Adam, let me ask you this. Could they, since we're currently on probation from the Pruitt debacle, could they use level twos to kind of – and then magnify the punishment because we're on probation? That's a good question. Um, now the thing is, if these charges are anything that Tennessee has already self-imposed, um, which I've reported on like level threes, I'm trying to think, maybe a level two, somewhere in there the past year of where Tennessee self-imposed, like coach suspensions or cutting a recruiting visit or something like that, but in, in different sports other than football. If, uh, you know, if, if that's the case, then the NCAA either has to accept that penalty or they can do a negotiated resolution, which means sort of a plea deal, like the two sides just sort of agree on a penalty. Um, so could they take level twos and, like, trump them up to, to hurt Tennessee more? I'm not real sure, uh, because the problem is we're sort of in uncharted territory now where you're, we're in the middle of an investigation. The NCAA can start the investigation with charges in mind, and by the end of the investigation, those charges aren't even lawful. Uh, so I don't think anybody knows what they can do, and including the NCAA. I mean, I'll, I'll give you this as an, as a, as an aside. Uh, throughout this whole process and the Pruitt investigation, I would always have the same person, uh, a media person, at the NCAA that I would direct questions to for background or for statements or whatever. Anytime something would come down, I'd go to that same person, including at the hearing when I when I met with them in person at the, the hearing back in Cincinnati for Pruitt. On Friday when all this came out, I reached out to that same person, which is 100% of the time had given me what I needed, uh, this person said, I can't help you on this one. I'm going to pass you along to an attorney that you've never spoken to before. So the NCAA now is not even dealing with, with media inquiries, with media personnel. They're directing them directly to attorneys. That's how, like, that's how narrow uh, the lane has gotten of what they can and can't do, that they have to send it to lawyers to decide if a statement they put out is even lawful. Adam Sparks, KnoxNews.com, with us this afternoon. Adam, I'm still trying to wrap my head around uh, your indication that you you still expect an, a notice of allegations to arrive. And, um, again, trying to if, – if they can't go after NIL stuff, what, what else is there? 
Uh, you can do anything with like contact different athletes. If you did something in recruiting, that's uh, you know like if I think the last few years, every six months at Knox News, we do a records request to get like minor, uh, like non-level one violations. Uh, we, we get those. It's a public records request, so Tennessee has to give it to us. And they can be anything from, like, back in January, I had one where uh, this was before, like, the dec- dec- before the whole controversy about the NCAA banning decorations in a hotel room for official visits. This was Tennessee got hit with, like, I think it was a level three for, di- for um, displaying a track uniform on a bed. During an unofficial visit, I oh, think it was. that count, that counted as a decoration. If you put the, it was for a uh, photo shoot. If you put the outfit in a bag and <laughs> left it on the bed, that was allowed. But the problem is, this assistant coach laid it o- over the bed, like oh. the top, the bottom, the shoes, where it was How quote unquote he. displayed as a decoration. You can hit like it's kind of like holding in football. Like if you want to call it, you can call it. <laughs> Well, here, so, here's the thing with football uniforms. Usually, just as a matter of, of hi, they're laid, they're always laid out like that. That way, you don't forget anything. Right? Yeah, but <laughs> you can't you, you can't do that. I mean, and by the way, that, that's always done. This happened to be that the uh, the recruit, the track recruit, took a picture of it and shared it on Instagram. And so then, a competing school, probably an SEC school, saw the Instagram post of the the track athlete they were also recruiting called up the conference office and told on them. And that's, that's just how it works. Uh, most, most of these minor violations are turned in by other schools who also do those things and complain that the rules are very nitpicky, but they will, they will pick those nits when it's, when it's the, uh, the opposition. They can find I mean, they can find a number of things. I mean, this is, this is completely uh, speculation, but let's say that, private flight happened with Nico and the booster providing a plane. Okay, it's a booster, so that's it's NIL, so that's mm-hmm. not a violation. It's a booster involved, but that apparently is not a violation anymore. But what if the what if it was during a dead period and the booster relayed a message from an assistant coach to Nico, again, completely speculation, but like relayed a message during a dead period or something about like Hey, he's he's taking off right now from wherever. It'll be a live period when he lands or something. Again, complete speculation. That I don't think that would happen that way anyway. But okay, well then that's 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 uh, illicit communication. You know, you can like you can find a violation within a non-violation if you really really want to. So they've been working eight months on this, six to nine months somewhere in there. It I, I suspect they found something. And so I, I won't be shocked if there's no notice of, of allegations, but I'll be I'll be mildly surprised. Talking with Adam Sparks, KnoxNews.com. Adam, obviously we have this conversation, and it's all football-centric, but you'll recall when the story first broke, there was a note in there about it's in other sports too, and yep. obviously fans are most concerned about men's basketball and Tony Vitello's baseball program. Any reason to be concerned about the investigation perhaps targeting those two sports yeah i mean i think it depends on what you mean by concerned i I just like like for example in football what were people concerned about they were concerned about a postseason ban and any ineligible players uh, especially nico 
Well, it looks like all that is off the table now. If you move it over to men's basketball or baseball or anything else, what would be the concern of fans? Would it be that they may not get uh, that their their contacts with recruits next year may be cut from twenty six to twenty four? Like, no, nobody cares because we don't even know when those happen or how many they are. They even matter. But does it does is a player ineligible? Or do games get vacated? Those sort of things. I don't. I don't think any of those things are going to happen. So I would say, if, if you're concerned that those programs could get some type of violation, eh, yeah, that could happen. Are you concerned that there's anything tangible that could hurt those programs? I, I, I see nothing or have heard nothing that would indicate that you should be worried in that way. You know, Adam, many people think that this is the end of the NCAA as far as enforcement goes. Like, they'll still be in the business of clearing people, making sure they're academically eligible and stuff like that. But uh, it seems like they are just losing all these battles when they're trying to enforce rules and recruiting and stuff like that. Where, what do you see as the NCAA's role going forward? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard, you know, because – if all the laws are off the books, why do you have cops? You know what I mean? I mean, I know it's not apples to apples, but that's sort of where we're getting to. Most of the stuff that the NCAA has been around for is exchanges of monies and recruiting inducements and those types of things. That's always been the case. If you if you get to the point where their enforcement staff is looking into like little piddly things like we talked about earlier, earlier in the segment, is that even needed? I mean... Like, for example, the one that I, that I told you about the Level 3 violation that Tennessee had. By the way, everybody turns in, like, Level 3, Level 4s. So Georgia, in the last six, six months, I think, turned in 16 of them. Tennessee turned in, I think, three. So every school turns them in. Uh, and they don't really hurt you. They're slaps on the wrist. But, uh, you know, that one about the laying out the uniforms and because how you laid them out, that was a display. That's a Level 3 violation. Like, well, okay, well, Coaches don't do that. Just have the collective do it. The, the NIL collective can have open negotiations and all that sort of stuff with the players. So just have uh, the collective show up in the hotel room and and, and decorate it. You know. So th- th- what I'm saying is like there's only there's only so many rules, and when you start stripping away those rules, the ones that you have left now have ways to get around those because of what is now allowed. So I, I just. Yeah, I, I don't see NCAA enforcement lasting a whole lot longer. And the thing is, they don't really need to. I mean, you know, they're they're really good at putting on championship tournaments. Championship, you know, everything but football is what they run, and they do a great job of that. NCAA tournament, any of the Olympic sports, College World Series, all that, they do a great job of that. Um, they're just not good at enforcement, and they don't really have the, the rule of law behind them to enforce a lot of things that they have. I've said it before that, like, the guy who is the city planner is never also the sheriff. you got to do one job or the other, and they probably need to give up the, the enforcement part, the sheriff part, so that they can focus on organizing things. Well, Adam, it has been an interesting ride here at the NCAA. I, I guess we'll continue to, to cruise with that storyline for the foreseeable future. All I know is this, spring practice kicks off three weeks from today. 
So we could talk yeah. some ball eventually. And the best part of that is I don't have to ask Nico any questions about his NIL contract because <laughs> it's, it's completely legal. Uh, if this had been, still been going on, that would have to be the, the top of the docket. But I, I don't think that's – I think that's going to be in the background more so now. He's pretty good at dodging that stuff from what I recall. The last time they stuck him from a, in front of the media, you know, he, he slips that like an oncoming pass rusher. Yeah, if you had an NDA that could rip up an $8 million contract, allegedly, <laughs> you'd probably get pretty skilled at uh, evading that rush, so to speak. Oh, imagine <laughs> if he could rip that up and uh, and renegotiate now. I mean, he might get a little <laughs> bit more. Oh, you just you just said the, the worst fear <laughs> of UT fans right there, right? They, they can we franchise tag him for yeah, just another year? Might need to implement that pretty soon. Adam, appreciate the time, my friend. Go find him at Adam Sparks on X and of course knoxnews.com. Thanks, man. All right, guys. Y'all have a good one. Adam Sparks, one more time on the show. Very interesting. Lots to unpack there. We got to take a quick timeout. Your phone calls on the way as well. Stay tuned. More fan run radio coming up. The drive. Fade on radio, the drive continues. Adam Sparks, KnoxNews.com. Bear, what did you learn? Uh, the last thing he said um, was something that I've been thinking. The NCAA needs to get out of the enforcement business altogether. Put on the, like, exactly like Adam said. Have them manage the tournaments and the stuff outside of football. And the other thing I would have them do is I would continue to have them oversee, like, all the minutia with with academic stuff because at the end of the day we cannot we can't completely lose our soul and get away from that now i'm not saying that there shouldn't be programs to where kids that just are not some kids are never going to be able to go to college and do do that kind of academic work there's no reason they can't go to college and, you know, have some vocational stuff, some stuff like that, and still be eligible. What, for like football. make license plates or dig trenches no. while they're <laughs> no, just more of a generalized, you know, maybe trade. Not, yeah, and and maybe not make it a four year, make it a you know a two year degree. Hmm. Just a general, just a general associate's degree, and just two more years of academics. Of high school, just yeah, it's basically like that. But other than that, but and then I would put it back. You know, um, I said this on VR. I would turn it. I'd get Sankey and whoever the Big Ten guys. Like this, this is all your problem now. You know, when I was in high school, like they they had the shop kids, and they're like the kid. You know, blue collar family type kids who would all. And they like got to do small engine repair and stuff yeah. like that. Like looking back on it, I, that would have been so much more. I don't know if it been more valuable than the, been a hell the English a lot more and the lucrative. math and everything, but it would have been well, it would have been nice to know. Yeah, it would have been a lot more useful than a lot of the math we learned. Yeah, it's, Let's been, be real. it's been going on forever. Like in high schools, I knew a guy. They they never made this guy take a foreign language because he would have been el- ineligible. He would have never passed it. They kept him language arts. Just couldn't do the foreign language. Mm-mm. I Could guess not. That, that stuff is pretty hard too. Like every now and then, I think you know what would would be a really good hobby and a good use of my time. Learn foreign languages. Yeah, learn Spanish. Like there's so many times in Spanish, and then I I think about it. I'm like, oh my god, what am yeah, I? Yeah, you know how much more money com- uh... the commitment that would take. <laughs> no, no, I'll just watch the ball game. People that know multiple languages, though, uh, you 
earn a lot more money throughout sure. the course of your life. But it's also like you can – it's so much easier to learn the a new language. The older you get, the harder it is oh, to yeah. learn a language. Yeah. Like we would have no tr- chance right now. Yeah, like my nephews and nieces – my sister-in-law is German. So my nephews and nieces are all bilingual. They speak German and English. That's yeah. sister. Nein. She's the German. That's where the nine thing – that's what I scream at them. That, I'm sure that makes – Christmas awkward. The other thing, we'll get to the phones here, that really stands out to me from Adam Sparks' conversation today is he still expects Tennessee to receive a notice of allegations. Yeah, I, at first I was very surprised that he said that, but then when he kind of clarified, and he also backed off of it a little bit at the end, doesn't that just check out, though, for the NCAA? Okay, we can't get you on this stuff, so now we're going to go dig up some oh. just junk just to make sure that we can show you some form of allegations. Totally on brand. It's just so. It's so on brand. It's like when your parents used to make you get in a fight with your brother and your parents make you apologize and you're like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's like not sincere. No, you're it's not like sorry. They, they've got to get us on something. They, they, this can't be a waste of time for them. And all I'll say is this. Stay vigilant. Don't let your guard down. Mm-hmm. Because well I, can't, I can't imagine that they would have anything on Rick Barnes and his basketball program. That would just be the height of absurdity. But I just get the feeling they've got it out for Tony Vitello. I, I don't know. Stay if away it, from our man. I don't know if it's personal or something, but you had the whole Maui thing last year. He's already done the suspension for it. And I'm just saying, I, I, I would hope that we would rise up with all the power that we have exercised before, including on Shiano Sunday, the, the, the fury of a thousand burning suns if they were to try and, and move on our boy. Cannot happen. They better back up. Won't stand for it. I hope you're right. They just think they've seen us act loony. They Let be- them come after him. Yeah, it, they better not for one second think that, well, we can make them bleed by tearing down their baseball program. That ain't going to happen. We, we might not be able to get football, but we'll be able to get this, and it's baseball, so nobody will get too mad about it. We, we can flex our muscle a little bit here. If, they, if they're thinking that at all, they got another thing coming. They're idiots. They've, they've seriously misjudged. But it wouldn't surprise me. Because they they completely fumbled this with that infamous Monday meeting with uh, Chancellor Plowman. They 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 misread it at every corner, up to and including the day that they got smacked down by Judge Corker. You know they they put out that this ridiculous thing with the the decorating of the rooms. Well, and I'm stuff. just at the point like we almost need to, and I'm sure this is way oversimplifying it, but we need to like break off all contact with these people just Just you're you're not talking to us we're not talking to you you're not no you're not talking to tony you're not talking to his players we got a game this weekend get out of here oh yeah get a restraining order against anybody that works with it you're not allowed in knoxville anymore you're not welcome here. you need to do the same thing that that the ncaa has done with the media is if you want to talk to anybody at tennessee about any of this stuff Tennessee just needs to furnish the NCAA with, you know, the list of attorneys and their contact numbers. Yeah, you want to talk to our lawyers. Because that was the other thing that, that Adam was saying, you know, about he thinks they've got something. The only problem is you got to prove it, 
and they have no subpoena power. They can't put anybody under oath, and nobody at Tennessee, and certainly not, um, you know, just hypothetically, Nico is going to talk to them. Bill says UT should mark anything they get from the NCAA, quote, return to sender, unopened, and fire it right back at them. Postage day. Amen. Let's get Trey in here. Trey, been... uh, Trey dropped. Oh. That's uh, so why I told you. He waited the entire hour no, on hold and he'll, gets he'll, set to he'll, come he'll to come him and, and he just vanishes. Too bad. Take a day, Trey. That's not take a day. Who's take a day? Trey Wallace is take, <laughs> take a day, take Trey. Day. Yeah. Good God. Trey, this Trey is Tennessee truth teller Trey. Yeah. Or Trey's terrible, terrible takes. takes. Which does he prefer? Trey's terrible takes. Huh. We do have a we do have a, a suitable replacement baton leadoff. Oh, there is no replacement for take a date or damn it. I'm struggling <laughs> out of the gates. Jay is next. What's up, Jay? Hola, amigos. What's up? You know, that German is a hard language. That's uh I read a finished a book called Operation Paperclip, which is about uh the Yeah. America bringing over the Nazi scientists, yeah. man. The ger- the German names are I mean, one name is like Goofenhagen, Schliffen, Loggen, Dingledoven. <laughs> like, gee, this has got to be the most inefficient language on earth. It's actually but, like uh, once you have heard that that's one, it, it's kind of hard. But like once it does click, like it, boom. When have yeah. you guys seen the videos now? The AI videos of Hitler speaking mm-hmm. in English but he's doing the Hitler voice with all the gesticulations and the accent and everything, but it's in English. No. That's, but I, that's fascinating it's interesting. to me. Yeah. I, I did see the AI Abraham Lincoln playing at Woodstock. Hmm. I'm, hey, I, I think that would sounds kind of like Hitler, but maybe a little bit different. Well, he didn't have a shirt on. He's ripped. Was it, well, you know, oh, Abe was a big guy, man, so, you know, he might have been jacked, you know. Hey, uh, it feels, you know, guys, it feels nice to uh, have adults at the wheel at University of Tennessee, have competent adults uh, in leadership positions. And um, I, I uh, you know, I'm a big, I'm a fan of Danny White and what he's done. There's one thing that I'm not, a, I haven't been a fan of is the, uh, the naming rights. I'm not a big fan of the Food City, Thompson Bowling, whatever this is, Center. I haven't been a fan of that, I, you know, because for so long we, we made fun of Kroger Field. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, from what I've heard, when Lindsey Nelson's renovations are done, that's going to be the next thing on the block. Some Somebody's going to come and get the naming rights to that. You got to pay for it, Jay. You got to pay for it. I you guess. know what? I thought it would – I call it Food City Center. Like, I, boom, I'm on it. I, mean, I don't even call it Not me. Thompson Bowling anymore. Not me. They don't pay me anything. Uh, I understand, like, the university's profit. I ain't profiting nothing, Jay. If they want me to call it Food City Center, they can cut the check. Until then, it's Thompson Bowling Assembly Center and Arena. Well, Russ, I'm right there with you. And, and, and my question is, would it be unforgivable if Danny turns Neyland into Bojangles Stadium? No, I ain't touching Neyland. I think would, would he be 
would he be that bold to rename Neyland? No, I, for I, me I, that would be that would be unforgivable, Russ. I, I would. The only way they do that, Jay, it would have to be like a Mercedes. It would have to be like Mercedes Benz, Coca Cola. I could see them renaming the field. I could see them going away from Shields Watkins and say and having it like Pilot Field at Neyland Stadium. But what I've heard they are going to do, and they've already done this in a couple of spots where it'll be the White Claw Gate. They're gonna re. Okay. They're gonna sell sponsorships to pretty much every gate, every point of entry into the stadium. I'm okay with that. Just it, don't touch the main name. Yeah, th- there'll be different areas. I'm surprised they haven't already named the party deck. Sure, but I I think that there is going to be a lot more corporate signage and naming and stuff in the stadium. But I don't think they will do anything to Neyland. I, I think it will always be Neyland Stadium. I could be wrong, but how, how would y'all how would y'all feel about Danny? I mean if he did that. I mean would that kind of I think people would be upset. I, mean, I, I think people would be upset and I think he knows it. And again, to get back to your point about adults in the room, I think he's smart enough to realize right, that. Yeah. I don't think that's why I, I'm not worried about it. I don't think he would. So are we just kind of ahead of the curve on this stuff? Because I don't see like Alabama and LSU doing this kind of stuff. Are we just? Do you think they're going to start doing it, or is this just going to be a a Tennessee thing, or what, you know, with the with the naming rights, with the you know, football's different in, yeah. in the SEC. I mean, uh, but do you do you could you see Alabama or somebody doing something like yes. that? Yes, I think we're ahead of the curve out of necessity. I think that uh-huh. Alabama and LSU are flush with cash because they haven't been firing football coaches like mm-hmm. we have mm-hmm. every couple of years, right. and they've got a big cash reservoir. Yeah, they got a war chest that we don't yeah. have. I think that the coming changes in the college athletic scene will necessitate that everybody does this because what's going to happen mm-hmm. sometime in the next ten years or so is these athletes are going to be labeled employees. And they are going to have to start getting a cut of your ticket and TV revenues, all that money that's going in. Mm. And when that happens, all that money is going to be cut in half that the schools are taking. So you're, you're going to have to. You're going to have to if you want to keep building these big $100 million things. And I, I think that Tennessee is is fortunate that they're kind of getting this stuff in the ballpark the $300 million renovation in Neyland Stadium. They're getting this in in the dying days of the amateur yep, model yep. because once you start having to share this revenue with the players on the teams, it's going to change everything the way these schools are allowed to operate. Do you do you think, uh, you know, I went to a, I went to a Cowboys game uh, a few years ago, and it's a nice stadium. It's really a nice stadium, but the atmosphere is not the same as like going to a college SEC game. It's a very corporate environment, yep. and and Danny seems to be big on the corporate mm. stuff. Um, do you, do you ever worry that we could lose kind of the soul of Neyland, so to speak, where we can lose that that veracity and that yeah. kind of intensity? Sure. Jay, I love the conversation. We're out of time, but I do want to pick this up in hour number two because you, you bring up something that's that's very interesting. So stay with us. The drive continues. Hour number two, right after this. The drive.